0: So today we're talking to Steve Gonzalez. Steve Gonzalez is one of our most senior and successful advisors with the company that I'm the CEO of, Parsonex. But he's also a retired Los Angeles deputy sheriff who grew up in California and has been very successful. And so we're just going to talk to him a little bit about his story and some insights that he has about investing, especially in the midst of, of this coronavirus. But uh, Steve, good to have you. Thanks, Jonathan, for having me. I want to spend some time talking about your career and background prior to being a financial advisor because I think in particular in your case, it really has shaped what you're doing now. You have mentioned to me that you've always had this interest in business and investing long before you were really even in your career with the sheriff's department. So how did you get interested in this?
1: I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. Back in the 80s, I used to work for a sporting goods company. And that's before I became a deputy sheriff as a young kid, kind of learning what to do. And I had some really, really good mentors, the owners of the sporting goods company that I worked for. They were the ones that started teaching me about business, how to read a profit loss statement, uh, uh, how to balance the books of a, of a large company. They taught me how to read stock quotes. Back then in the 80s, you couldn't. there was no internet. Uh, you couldn't look things up in computers. Uh, I actually, they actually taught me how to get a newspaper, Yeah, the black and white things uh, that we don't have anymore. But they taught me how to go to the business section, look up a stock, look up a business and find out what the stock quote was. So they taught me all about that. So that was my first introduction into into business.
0: Very cool. And from there, then you went into law enforcement. In
1: 1987, I started with the Sheriff's Department and I applied to be a uh, deputy with the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. And I got hired on there. I actually took a little bit of a pay cut. Going from the business world that I was in into a government sector employee, I took a pay cut, but I had a lot of fun uh, learning about law enforcement. Anytime you're driving somewhere and everyone slows down because they want to see what the cops are doing or what the firemen were doing, I had a first-class pass to go underneath the yellow tape and to walk up and actually be in the middle of the scene.
0: Now, LA County Sheriff's Department is not a small organization. It's a massive organization, correct?
1: Yeah, we are... Uh, the largest county sheriff's department in the world. Uh, We are the third largest police agency anywhere in the world. NYPD is the largest police agency in the world. LAPD right now, Los Angeles Police Department, the city police are second, and we are the third largest law enforcement agency in the world. It bounces back and forth forth between us and uh, LAPD. Um, We, patrolled over a uh, thousand over square miles, and uh, over 10 million people are people that we served over there. There are a lot of times when it's really scary. I guess the one thing that I've had happen uh, here and working with uh Parsonage or any financial services, is the most I've been hurt is I got a bad paper cut here and there from working some paperwork.
0: Yeah, definitely different vocational challenges in the investment industry than being on the streets. And those were some pretty interesting times that you were with the department, correct?
1: Remember when I was out on patrol, when I was out on the streets, it was the late 80s, early 90s. And uh, if you're you're too young to know what was going on around then, congratulations. If you're a little bit older, you'll realize that the late 80s, early 90s was a heavy, heavy and huge drug problem and a gang problem, especially in uh, Los Angeles. I work East Los Angeles which is predominantly Hispanic gang area. But we were right next to a lot of the other gang territories that were dealing a lot of crack cocaine. It was dangerous out there.
0: Yeah, I can't even imagine. Um, any interesting stories, maybe on the lighthearted side, not on the heavy side, because I'm sure you've got stories in all regard. But any uh, interesting stories you can share with us?
1: A funny story, which could have gone one way or the other, is my partner and I, we would get called to this little tool shop. Uh, we would get, The burglar alarm was going off about once a week for a couple of months and we'd go there, we'd check the place out, and of course it was after hours, the doors were always locked. And when, uh, one evening we get there, same alarm call, we check the front door, my partner and I were walking around to check the back door in the alley over there, just not really paying attention, when all of a sudden the back door opens up, and this 18 year old kid looks at us wide-eyed he has all the tools that he's stolen from inside of the tool shop right there he drops them and he takes off running down the alley well think about it you got an 18 year old kid in his sneakers and his shorts just running down the alley and you got a couple of cops with 35 pounds of equipment uh boots and a a vest on trying to run after this kid. We're never gonna catch this guy. So we're running as fast as we can, side by side with my partner, when all of a sudden my partner yells at me, Steve, get out of the way, Steve, I'm gonna shoot him. We're side by side. This guy stops instantly in his tracks, leaving skid marks, his hands go up in the air. Neither one of us had our gun out. This is a kid running away from me. It was a bluff. And this kid bought it. He stops. And by the time we catch up to him, it took us a few seconds to even catch up to this kid because he was long gone. We are just cracking up as we're putting the handcuffs on the on the, on the the kid and everything. And uh, that was one of the funniest things, uh, one of the best clips <laughs> I ever heard. Funny story.
0: Funny story. Well, at least he had the good sense to stop. Uh, but like you mentioned, it, it was difficult times and, and challenging. And that's also helped you relate to the people that you're now serving in the investment industry, but tell us about that.
1: We actually, uh, my partner and I, we actually were shot at one time uh, that law enforcement just racks your body up. Uh, I've had my nose broken in a fight. I've had my hand broken multiple times. My shoulder has been dislocated. I've had surgery on that. And people that know me, know that I have a little bit of a back problem. So that's one of the pitfalls of being in law enforcement is it's, it's really hard on a body. Um, but at the same time, since I've actually been there, I've walked in the same shoes as the other law enforcement officers. I, they immediately trust me, and that's something very hard in my niche. Jonathan, you talked about my niche, I help uh, government employees, specifically law enforcement officers, and you know anyone that's tried to talk to them just on the street know that they don't really want to talk to you. Uh, I don't have that problem as you know, since I've done the same job. They'll open up to me and they'll talk to me and that helps me do what I do, which is help them, help them get to retirement, help them with the great benefits that they have.
0: So I definitely want to talk about your niche and, and your kind of where you're at today. But let's back up and talk about how you got there. So how did you get into the investment industry?
1: Because I knew a little bit about investing. My friends, my partners, they would always come to me when they had some extra money and they would ask me for some advice. You know, hey, Steve, I got some extra money to invest. Where, where should I put it? So that's where I would start telling them about IRAs, retirement accounts, to supplement their pensions. I'd give them a few stock quotes. These are some good mutual funds to invest in. And that was how I was helping my friends. Until one of my best friends who was in the financial services industry, she came to me and said, hey, Steve, you know, you're supposed to be licensed to give financial advice. And even better, if you get your license, you can actually get paid for all of this financial advice that you're giving for free. And in 1999, that was my start of getting into the financial services industry. I took my tests in 1999, in the last century. And uh, I became a uh, financial advisor and I've been going strong ever since.
0: And I know you'd been in the business for a little while, but you joined us in 2007, 2008, when we were a brand new company. And you started out part-time and then transitioned to full-time and you're now having tremendous success.
1: I was doing my job with the law enforcement the whole time, financial advisor stuff on the side until 2012. But finally at that time, I hate to say it, but my deputy sheriff law enforcement job became a 40 hour week inconvenience because uh, uh, my financial stuff was starting to do a lot better than everything else I was doing. So I left law enforcement and, uh, I don't want to say I do the financial services now full-time because I don't work anywhere near as hard as I used to, but uh, this is what I do all the time now.
0: Well, we're glad you're hanging out with us these days, Steve, but tell us about your niche. We've alluded to it a couple of times and it's very unique and uh, I think you're providing tremendous value for folks. So tell us about your niche.
1: My niche is law enforcement. I am very, very fortunate that I am one of the few people that has a 100% referral-based business. On a daily basis, people call me at least two or three times a day of someone I've never talked to before. They've gotten my name or my number somewhere and they need some help. Uh, because I am from law enforcement, I actually can walk up to any law enforcement facility. I still, have a, I still have a badge. I carry a badge still. It says retired on it. But that gets me through a lot of law enforcement security at the front gate. I can walk in. I've, I've used it quite often. And once I'm in there, they find out who I am, or sometimes they even know me, and then that's where the questions start. I'm very fortunate that when I walk in somewhere, these people are starving for this knowledge. They all have questions, but there are two problems with dealing with law enforcement. Number one is they're all type A personality, and they don't want to show anyone that they're weak or they don't know something, so they're afraid to ask questions. Number two Cops are some of the most cheapest people in the world, so that's why I have some of the some of the better investment products that don't cost a whole lot of money. So when I tell them, don't worry, don't worry that you don't know what to ask me. It's my job to ask you the appropriate questions, and I will draw out the information that I need, and I'll teach you something along the way so you don't feel as ignorant, and you'll have a a better background. And I'll save you some money in the process because some of the investments I use. Uh, I'm not a paid-for-service or a fee-for-service financial advisor. I simply get paid by the mutual fund companies if we do business. If you don't like me, you don't like the shirt I'm wearing, or if you want to go somewhere else, you're more than willing to do that and it doesn't cost you anything.
0: What are some of the challenges that folks in government or law enforcement have when planning for retirement?
1: Law enforcement and government entities in particular are something unique in the financial services world. We still have pensions. Way back 50 years ago, everybody had pensions. You would work for a company for 25, 30, 40 years, and then you'd finally retire, they'd give you a gold watch and you would have a pension for the rest of your life. Now, you don't find pensions anywhere except in government. And there are not a lot of financial advisors that know how to deal with pensions, but not just the pensions. How do you supplement a pension with other retirement accounts that aren't going to compromise the pension, but it's going to give you a better lifestyle, a better standard of living when you finally do retire. Uh, Quite honestly, I've even seen some financial advisors, they don't know what to do with a pension, and they'll actually pull an officer's money out of the pension system, thinking I could do better with this, and you can't. There's almost nothing, not even the best variable annuity is going to be a really good law enforcement pension, but I've had some financial advisors, I've seen some financial advisors that have pulled people out of the pension, rolled the money over, and now the poor law enforcement officer doesn't have anywhere near the benefits uh, uh, that he had before. And that is one of the things that really scares people in law enforcement. Forget the fact that they don't wanna talk to anyone else, but when you're talking about their money, their livelihood of how they're gonna live for the rest of their life, they don't trust someone that hasn't actually gone through the system, retired from the department, and is actually talking about something that they've had a personal experience with. So that, again, that helped me tremendously when I'm talking to people in law enforcement.
0: I think well, that's a general apprehension people just naturally have against salespeople in general. They always feel like this salesperson is trying to sell me something, that, whether they own it or not, and it's me versus them. So in, in some ways, probably it sounds like your success in the investment industry has come because you traveled the same path, you did things the right way, you, you became financially independent yourself, which is uh, in, you know, amazing as an investor, right? Business aside, you kind of have second, second level of financial independence now, but um, you did all these things and, and then you're able to share with people, not from telling them what to do, but showing them what you've done and guiding them from a position of strength, is that?
1: That is all completely accurate. And the one thing I think that helps me most to put people at ease is when I tell them I don't do this business because I have to. I don't need to do it. I don't need to close someone or take over their investment to put money uh, in my account, to put food on the table, to to pay my electricity bills. I simply do this because I get a kick out of it. I geek out on the numbers. I like sitting down with clients because every client I sit in front of is a new puzzle for me. And I want to figure out what the answer is. And I tell them, quite honestly, I'd do this even if I didn't get paid. And I think that puts people at ease knowing that, you know, I'm not just simply out to get their money and, you know, they they can unclench their wallet a little bit.
0: Now, you tend to get a lot of calls from people or referrals from people when they're about to retire, when they're really getting close to retirement. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Retirement. Yes, retirement is one of the scariest things for just about anybody. You've been doing a job for 25, 30, 35 years, and all of a sudden you're contemplating leaving it. What's that going to do to your financial picture? Will you still have any stability, Uh, especially for the spouses? The spouses look at the other spouse and say, what do you mean you're going to lose your job? Are we going to be okay? Uh, You're not going to work anymore. So... We have them come in for a pre-retirement meeting. We go over their full financial portfolio, take a look at what their pension's gonna be. What is, what is their financial status now? What's it gonna look like when they're retired? And basically what we do is we give them permission to retire and let them know everything's going to be okay. And that seems to take the monkey off of everyone's back. If they seem to exhale a little bit and they're not no longer carrying that burden that I've given them permission to retire. But that leads to a second problem. They've never retired before, and they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to answer all of the questions that they'll be asked versus me. I've retired once from the Sheriff's Department. I've gone through the county retirement system. I know how to implement a pension. I know how to access all of the retirement accounts to provide supplemental income while you're in retirement. I have the answers to something that they've never experienced before, and to them, that's that's invaluable Uh uh, information for them and they they sit there taking notes and again they feel better after they've got the answers to all the questions that are running around in their heads.
0: What is some of the value that you provide the clients that you and your team work with?
1: You know it's mainly just education. It, it, the more knowledge you have the better the decisions are that you're going to make and even if you have a fantastic retirement system you still need help in that retirement system for example 401ks uh, just about everybody who has a decent type job has a 401k and they know about a 401k they know that they should be investing in that but when they get the 401k and they sign up for it oh my god i have all of these different options all of these different mutual funds all these different investment choices which one do i take and most people really don't know how to figure that out. So what do they do? They ask their buddy that they're sitting across the lunch table with, hey, what are you investing in? And that's where they're getting their investment knowledge from, and the buddy sitting across the table may not have the background. They may not know how to do the research. Um, Okay, it's nice that you have your 401k, but do they even know what other investment accounts are available to help them? Roth IRAs right now are a fantastic supplement to a 401k or to even people with a pension. Because you have this, all this 401k money or this pension that you're getting taxed on. Well, you know what? It'd be nice to have a source of tax-free money that you could draw down on in retirement. And that's, that's exactly what a Roth IRA is. So now that I teach them about what a Roth IRA account is, we come back to the same problem that we've had before. What do we put inside of it? And a Roth IRA, you can put any mutual. There are over 8,000 mutual funds out in the market right now. Which one am I going to put in there? And it's my job as a financial advisor to a registered rep to find the best investments for the client to put inside of these different accounts that they have. So it's all about education, uh, teaching the clients what they need and guiding them through all of this and, and helping them on their behavior. Right now, this is a very tough time. As you and I are talking right now, Jonathan, we're all locked down in our homes. It's the middle of the COVID-19 virus. The stock market has just gone through one of the quickest peak to troughs that we've ever had. 35% in a little over uh, a little over a month, and now it's coming back. It's nice to have a financial advisor to talk to, to let let the clients know that everything's gonna be okay. We don't need to take any drastic action if the financial plan has been fine, Uh, but it's my job to talk them off the ledge, to let them know it's gonna be okay and to not do anything stupid.
0: Behavior modification is always one of the biggest challenges that financial advisors have. What are you talking to your clients about during this time of volatility in economic impact, coronavirus, all this stuff that's going on. What have you been talking to your clients about?
1: Well, my clients right now are, they're already set up. And sometimes the question comes out, hey, what, what should I do? What should I do, Steve? And what you should do is before all of these bad things happen, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's a huge earthquake in the area, whether it's a, another recession that comes around, all of this stuff should be put in place ahead of time. It does, no good, it does no good to buy your earthquake kit after the earthquake has already happened and you can't find any of the stuff in the store, um, or it does you no good to lock the front door after you've already been burglarized, the event has already happened. So we're coming out of this pandemic that we had. Everyone, if you don't have one now, everyone should find a good financial advisor to put a good plan in place that'll take you through the next emergency or the next disaster that's gonna happen, but not just that, to get you into retirement comfortably. For my clients right now, it's just a matter of talking to them, again, reinforcing everything that they already know so they, don't, so they can get the hysteria of the media out of their head and let them know that they're, they're fine, they're gonna be fine, and the country is going to be fine. Um, also, for those people that have been sitting on a lot of money, this is a fantastic time to invest. Uh, I've had a lot, a lot of clients putting money in the market because they realize that not only are they able to buy their investments on sale, their mutual funds are on sale. Uh, you know, A few weeks ago, they were 30% off. Anybody's going to go for a 30% off sale at any store right now. But then there were also the other ones that were a little bit apprehensive. So they missed out last year in 2019. We had a fantastic year in 2019 where the market was up depending where you're at 25 to 30%. Well, you know what? They all get a do over. I don't don't play golf, but I know there's such a thing as a mulligan, which is a do over. All of these people that hesitated all last year and they were like, oh man, I wish I would have put some money in the stock market. I wish I would have started investing. Hey, they get a chance to do it over now. And a lot of them are realizing that and they're taking advantage of it.
0: Steve, you have been extraordinarily successful as a financial advisor, and I know you started slow and let your efforts compound. You started part-time when you were with the sheriff's department and then came full-time, but you've had a lot of success. What do you think has contributed to your success? Why are you successful in this business?
1: You know, I think it's just um, not being afraid to talk to people. I, I don't know why it is people work hard to get these securities licenses so they can get the extra knowledge that they have in investing, but yet they're afraid to give that knowledge to other people. The people need some financial investing knowledge, and there are a lot of financial advisors that are afraid to talk about what they do. And I've never been afraid to talk because I love investing in the financial services so much, I'll sit there and I'll talk to someone all day about this. Doesn't matter whether I get paid or not. I just enjoy talking about this. Jonathan, you and I have talked for hours about some of these things because we both have the same love of investing in financial services. And if you simply talk about that and people hear, you know, just a little bit about financial services, you know, a little bit about investing, you know, a little bit about these different accounts. They're just going to start flocking to you and asking you the questions. And as soon as you answer them, then they realize that, you know what, I think you're going to be a good financial advisor, Steve. Uh, Why don't, can I, can I hire you? I'd like for you to help me. So that's the best thing is just talk to people. If you have that specialized knowledge.
0: Well, my observation, one thing about you, Steve, is I think that, you know, you definitely are an expert at what you do. I think you, you live you practice what you preach it's not you're you're kind of i think so many people are just talking the talk but don't they they haven't done investing themselves they haven't gone through the experiences you have they're not financially independent and so people question the the motives right and, and the experience and, and things like that so i think it's refreshing for folks that they they see Wow, this is someone who is doing this because not because he has to, but because he cares about it. He has a similar background that I can relate to, and uh, he's really freaking good at what he does. So that, I think those are some of the observations I have about you, and I think that that's probably what a lot of clients see in you as well. Um, well,
1: th- thank you for those kind words. I appreciate that. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, when you you know walk in the walk and talk in the talk, uh, I've always wondered that in the past. You know, when I used when I was a lot younger. Didn't quite have as much money as I do now I used to think why is this person if, if this person is so good why are they still doing this uh, is it because they they're not that good and need them they need the money are they living paycheck to paycheck um, not to be arrogant but I'm definitely not living paycheck to paycheck and I'll be happy to put my my balance sheet up with anyone else I don't again I don't need to do this for the money I just enjoy doing it and uh, I think people see that I am successful I got a lot of new clients after I did retire, I was fortunate to have retired from the sheriff's department when I was only 45 years old. And I think a lot of people took notice and they're like, how did he do that? How did he retire when he was only 45, uh, 47 years old? And the reason was I had all of these other investments uh, going going besides my pension. And that's the stuff that people wanted to know. And They, they, they realized, hey, if I start doing this early, I can retire early just like Steve did. And that's another reason my business started to build is because I actually, I went through the system, got out early and they want to do that as well.
0: Well, a special thanks to Steve Gonzalez for joining us on the podcast today. For those of you that would like to contact Steve, because potentially you are a client or in a situation that you'd like to speak with him about any of the things he discussed, we will put his contact information in the information related to this podcast Maybe some of you heard his success story and you're looking at a second career and you're looking for a mentor. I could tell you that Steve Gonzalez and the team that he has out in California is fantastic and he would be an exceptional mentor for any folks looking to get into the financial services business as well. Stay healthy, stay safe, and thank you all for listening.